And once again, the church said, Amen. Amen. Beautiful song. What a wonderful way to start this message for today. I just love that song and the parts there. Just You, you just sound wonderful. I'd like to have my stand here if I can. And, um, oh, that's all right. Uh, last week, if you were visit, or if you were here last week, if you weren't, maybe you probably don't need the explanation, go ahead with this picture. I showed this picture during the message, and I talked about it. It was a picture that I had uh, my mother give me when I was just a young, young boy and, and always hung above my bed. And when I felt down and out sometimes, maybe people picking on me or something, I said I would take it down. I would look at this picture, and I could tell you everything there is to know about this picture. And and then as I grew a little bit older and maybe in a high school uh, time frame or so, I looked at the picture and I noticed and I realized who this guy was in the picture. And I realized it was a picture of me. Now, I was using that uh, uh, <laughs> metaphorically speaking and someone asked me after church, he said, was that really a picture of you? <laughs> and of course, I said, well, of course it was. Me and Jesus were out on a boat one day and Peter was there, and I said, hey, Peter, would you take a picture of me and Jesus? Because this is going to be a great seller, I'm just telling you. Um, and so I had to explain that to my wife, and she finally got it. <laughs> Love you, sweetheart. All right. Time for a reboot. We want to talk about that today, if we can, in our journey together with God and all those things that we're to do as people. A young man came down one morning um, and sat at the breakfast table with his dad, and he said, Dad, I'm going to get married. You're going to get married? Yes, I'm going to get married. Well, son, are you in love? He said, yes, I must be. Well, why is that? He said, well, last night I took my girlfriend home. I took her to the door like a gentleman, and I gave her a good night kiss, and her dog bit me on the leg, and I didn't feel anything until this morning. <laughs> Whatever. I've read where love, and we talk about loving one another, and we use that word a lot in our lives. We do that. And it's understandable we do it, but sometimes we use it, but we really don't mean it. We really don't. We got a like, but not a love. And sometimes we just say we love, but we don't even like. Are you there? The longest, uh, one of the longest descriptions of a word in, scripture, uh, in Webster's Dictionary is that of love. For everyone, authors and poets and scholars and preachers and you and I, and every Valentine's Day, we try our best to say what love is, to try to express what love really is. But yet we struggle with that. We really do. We struggle with it, I suppose, for many reasons, but one of the reasons we struggle with it is because we can't put a box around love. You can't package it in a box of chocolates. You can't package it in a bouquet of flowers. You can't even package it by saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. You just can't do it. Although we try to do that, but the reason why we can't and we struggle with this thing called love, it is because you cannot describe God. And Scripture tells us plainly that God is love. So the root of love comes from God. If there were no God, you would not know love because God is love. We could only like. But now because of God, He shows us what love is. And so we experience it in all kinds of fashions in our lives. 
You can't describe God. Go ahead and try. Can anybody describe God? In just a phrase, in just a sentence. You say, well, God is gracious, and He is. He's merciful, and He is. He's good, 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 and He is, 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 right? But you can't just phrase it. And the reason why is because every time you get close to describing God in your life, you know what happens? You discover more. That's what true love is. Those of us that have been married a long, long time, Don and I will be 43 years next week, I think, next, not this Monday, but next Monday, and those of have, have been experienced this love for a long time, they realize you can't quite put your finger on it. But you know you do. You can't quite describe it, but you know you do. It just comes in us naturally to try our best to describe it, though. But we can't quite do it because you can't describe God. Love is a growing thing within you like faith is a growing thing within us. Love grows within us, and it sometimes shrinks within us. We don't like it, but it's the truth. And, and so in that, we try to say, where does this love come from? You can't describe it fully. For instance, if you have a child, you simply say, I love this child more than anything else in the world. But you don't hear a parent saying, well, you know, I think about having three kids, and so I can only love this child one-third of the love that I have because I have to save some for my next two kids if I have them. No, but when you have the first child, you say, I love them. There's no more love in me. There's, there's nothing else there, Jonathan. There's nothing else there, is there? It's emptied out, the new daddy. And yet, if you have another child, what happens? Instantly, there's more love. Where does that come from? How does that happen? It happens because of God. And because of God, we have this wonderful experience to try our best in this world to discover love. But we will not know it to its fullest until we see God face to face. The scripture says there's three things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, that's right. Why is it the greatest of? Faith is a wonderful thing to have. God calls us to have faith. He has a, we have this hope built within us, but faith is something that you uh, hope you hope for something. So when you get to heaven, you don't have to have faith when you get to heaven. Faith will be done away with. You won't have to have faith. You won't have to have hope because you've already arrived. But what will you have? You will have God, which is God is very good. We can all go eat now, right? Not quite. Let's hang in there. For love is this greatest emotion that we have. It encompasses all things of our emotions. It has to, it wouldn't be love. It takes us to the mountaintops of joy, and we just can't get any higher. Smoke all the dope you want, you'll never get as high as you will if you truly love. It's impossible, because it's just, you can't describe it. And you love it. Takes us to that happy point, that joyful point in life. But yet love in the same return takes us to the valley of pain and sorrow. And it hurts. 
It hurts because of love. But God's design nonetheless. God is for us. There is no doubt. Love sacrifices. The ultimate sacrifice given through Jesus himself, of course. But love sacrifices, but that same love that was sacrificed that we talked about in class this morning, if you were there, that same love unites us because it's love, because it comes from God. And it's a wonderful thing to know. If you could take out love and never, it never existed, what would you have? Think about it for a moment. No, 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 no. No love. None. Period. No love in your life. You would just exist. We would be these zombies, if you will. We would have nothing within us of expressions. But praise God, love does exist that God did give us this measure of love and allows it to grow within us. So what would you have? Now, we try to define love in all kinds of things, don't we? As I mentioned, the flowers and the chocolates and that really, or a diamond ring, the ladies say, that really goes a long way. They tell me anyway. But in that process, we try our best to express our love and we do it with you know, little notes that we might leave or Hallmark gets rich on it. And, and, and so we try to express it as though I wrote this for you, honey. But we try to express it, don't we? You've tried to do that with your children. Your children try to do it with you, don't they? That's why you hang all those little pictures that they've drawn or painted and put them on the refrigerator. Ours is covered with... I don't even know what color our refrigerator is. It's fingerproof, you know? Fingerprint proof, I should say, right? right? Because of all the pictures on there. Not quite, but it used to be that way, a lot more. Just the other day, the, two of the little girls here at the church, Lucy and Brooke, they, 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 they had been gone for several weeks past my birthday, and I was really sad because they didn't get me nothing for my birthday. And yet their mommy said, oh, they're coming back, and they have you something. They brought these big packages in on Wednesday night. Oh, they were nicely done and all those drawings on there. And we opened them up together and they told me about it. And these beautiful paintings that they made just for me. And I displayed them in my office. Trying to somehow display and show their love. It's precious. Love. Love's a good thing. Amen? And we try to do it not only with words and art or paintings and all those things that we might do. We also try to do it in songs, don't we? Because love or music is this love language. It can be. Oh, it moves you deeply. Love is wonderful. What the world needs now is yeah. Okay, that's good. Pretty good. <laughs> but if we were at a concert, you'd be going, oh, rocking it out, right? That's right. Sometimes I'll call my bride and I'll say, and she'll say, hello? And I'll say, I just called to say I love you. I just called to say how much I care. And she usually says, who is this? <laughs> so we try to express it, don't we? We do. We truly do. We come to church and we sing songs as we have this morning. And I love you with the love of the Lord or... I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. So we try to express it to God. 
And God, I think, takes that expression of our love to him, just like I would with that little art piece. and put, he, he hangs it up in heaven. Maybe the decorations of heaven will be all our love expressed here to him. But love is precious as humans. Let's talk about the reboot thing, because you're saying, wait a minute, I thought this was a lesson about rebooting. Well, reset or reboot might use those interchangeable today, but allow me to do so. But we do reboot things in our lives on a continual basis. Now, we do that because we change and things change around us. You can get one call and can change your whole perspective of life. One little detail. Someone says something or a call or whatever it might be, but we change on a continual basis and we have to reboot in our life, but also in our love because things happen. It changes our perspective in life. And a lot of times this happens as well. And I usually use these 10-year increments here. And, and about every 10 years we change. We have to reset ourselves. Just as adults we do that. When you're, when you're 40 and you look back when you were 20, you can look back and say, who's that guy? It's because of that. You've rebooted along the way. And you're a little bit different because of the things that you've gone through or seen or had to deal with in your own personal life or someone close to you. And when you're 60, you look back and you say, 40 seems so many years ago, but it's, it's different because you've had to reboot along the way. And some of you know that and have experienced that in your life. And, uh, and many times you've had to hit that reset button, if you will to reboot and try to regenerate this, what you know that's in you. They tell us that, say, take your phone or your computer or something. I don't know any of that stuff really a lot. Just turn it on and use it. But, but in that regards, if you put a, even a new program in there, you put a new app on, a lot of times what they'll tell you, the best thing to do is to, to reboot it. And the purpose of rebooting is not to just turn it off and to get it back. It's to get things back in order. It's, it's, it does this quick filing for you, and it puts things back in order for you. And so it is with our lives. We need a reboot of our love sometimes, not only for each other, but with God in our marriages and with our children and certainly with each other and with God. So let's do this real quickly, and we have to move pr pretty quickly today, but let's find a person in Scripture, and you can probably find many that had a lot of reboots in their life. But if you were to find one, and if find one that needed this reboot and, and actually were able to accomplish that, you can, you can look at one segment of the life, and you can see where they rebooted or they reset something, and boy, here's their life. If you can find something like that in Scripture, then if it's there, it's there for a reason. And I believe it's for the reason not for them, but for us to say, if they can do it, you can do it too. If not, then God would just say, just fend for yourself. And you know, some Christians think like that. It's sad. Oh, God will save you. You repent. You confess your sins. You get baptized. You're saved. But then you're on your own as though you're going to walk out of here and you're going to be this angel from now on. How's that happening? But praise God because of his love for us. He knew that we couldn't do it on our own. So what does he do? He not only gave his son on the cross, now he gives 
His Holy Spirit to guide us, walk with us, move us, direct us, and prompt us in our lives. Give me an amen. That's good stuff. It's because He loved us. Because He knew we flubbed it up before and we would flub it up again. But with the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we're going to flub up less than what we did because we can call on Him. I think we would all agree that we, in and of ourselves, we're the ones that need adjusting. You know, a lot of people think God needs to adjust. That's what the world's telling us right now. Did you know that? The world out there, listen, just listen to all the talk in the world. Just watch the news for 20 minutes. The world is trying to tell you and me, Christians, that God needs to adjust to our way of thinking. That's the truth. That's a lie. We are the ones that need adjusting in our lives. Give me an amen. amen. You remember the one I told, always told you about the, the man and the woman. They've been married for many, many years. They're in this pickup truck. She slid way over on the right side, and she's just leaning her head against the window, and he's over here just driving a pickup truck. She looks over and sees this long bench between them, and she looks at him, and she says, Oh, honey, don't you remember the day? Don't you remember when we were young and you used to slide me over right next to you and you put your arm around me and cuddled me up and just told me how much you loved me and I put my head on your shoulders and it was just wonderful. And she looks at the seat and she says, what's happened to us? The old man driving the truck says, I ain't moved. <laughs> God hasn't moved. We do. So if we're the ones moving, then we're the ones that need resetting, sliding back over, getting his arm around us once again, leaning our head on his shoulder and having him tell us how much he loves us. Give me an amen. amen. So where do we find him? Well, let's go to David. I like to pick on David a lot in Scripture, but because Scripture picks on him a lot or shares with us a lot. Psalms 22 Listen to what he says here. You can read about the first 20 verses, and it's bad. I mean, it's one after another. Now, some people will say this is more prophesying about Christ's coming because of this very first line. And you can read down through there, and you can say, hmm, it does sound like Christ's coming. But as you read more, you really discover it's really the life of David and what he went through because you read in other books of the Bible, of the Old Testament, how David struggled so much. And this is perhaps when he, at night, kept a journal and penned some of these moments. I don't know exactly when this moment was in his life, but I can maybe imagine it was when his son was after him or maybe when Saul was after him, whatever the case. But listen to what he says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Long before Jesus says it, David said it. And then he says, why are you so far from saving me? What do you feel here when you read that of this man of God? So far from my cries of anguish, you feel it? And then in verse 2, he says, My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Sleepless nights. Verse 6 says, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. I don't know if he's king yet here or not. Perhaps he is. But nonetheless, you can hear the cry within, can you not? If there ever was a time in Scripture where you could look at a person and simply say they were in some trouble, if somebody read your diary, your logging in, if you will, and could read, was there a time, is there a time that you said something like this? Maybe not just these words, but boy, it really is heartbroken. He's shaken. 
David knew God's love, but he needed a reboot. That's what he needed. And sometimes as Christians, we find ourselves there too, don't we? Sure we do. I think it happens for many reasons why we need a reboot. Normally, many times what we do is we claim that our reboots that are needed in life is because of what somebody else has done. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes people are tough on us. Anybody? Nobody? Wow, you guys are just so good. Unless you're asleep, so wake up. All right. It happens for us many times because people around us, as it was with David here, Truth is, we are living in an ugly world. And ugly is more than words. It's a knife, it's a dagger in the heart. And it gets rough. I'll go ahead and share this anyway. Peanuts cartoon, I like those. Lucy's having a hard time expressing her love, apparently. She's standing in this little picture here, and she's got her arms crossed, and she just got that look on her face as only she could have. Charlie Brown, in the next caption, simply says, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. you got to have more love, Lucy. Lucy, you got to be more loving and kind. This world needs love, Lucy. Lucy, you need to love. Make this world a better place and love it more. Wham! She knocks Charlie Brown to the ground, of course. That's what she would normally do. And then she yells at him. She says, look here, blockhead. The world I love, it's the people I can't stand. Yeah, we go through that, don't we? Sure we do. I'm sure we feel like that at times, don't we? I promise you, you can go to Walmart and feel like that sometimes. Anybody with me? Huh? I'm writing the letter. Let's get a petition. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. But that's precisely what God has called us to do, is it not? Notice this scripture here. My command is this. Notice that it does not start with a suggestion. This would be a good idea. If everything's perfect in your life, this would be okay. No. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. It's a command. That's from the lips of Jesus. But what does he do here in this? Well, I wrote down, he gives us a command that is impossible for us to carry out. Did you notice that? Can you carry that out? 100%. All through life, can you carry that out? It's, an, it's a command that's an, it's impossible in and of itself. Why? We're human. And we struggle with it. So how do you do that? I believe the only way to find that out and be able to love those unlovable people in life is to discover God's fullness love for you. Once you grasp how deep and how wide God's love is for you, you then can do what? You can then reach out with something you didn't have, but you now have because God has given you that through His lens and not your own. For Scripture says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not while we were perfect and not while we were good. Do you need a reboot in your life? Think about it. Maybe it's time for you to push that reset button of love, God's love, in your life. 
For I believe that if there is one thing that Christians fail to do as often as we should, that is the pushing, the reset of God's love for us. And if it's the one thing that we do not often enough, I would say this, that it costs us greatly because we fail to. It costs us our marriages, our friendships, relationships. It costs us our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it hurts. Some come to church week after week after week and you've been carrying this burden for the longest of time and God is asking you today, push the reset, reboot. Just remember, we talked about in class. Remember what I've done for you. He wants that for our lives. He wants us to reset. A reset so that we can feel better about our relationship and go on about expressing our love in a greater way to each other. So how do we do that? Real quickly. In Psalms 22 that we just read, David was surely at a low point in his life. But we know what chapter follows, don't we? You know it? It's the most read chapter probably of the Bible, the chapter of the Bible. And it's Psalms 23. And we read this a lot, and you know it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Go on with the next. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. We've all heard that before. If you've heard that before, raise your hand. Very good. Now, so we all know that, but what, what in the world happened? What happened from chapter 22, as the guy said in the tape on Wednesday night, what happened in the chapter to the left? What, what, what happened from chapter 22 to chapter 23? How, how, how is that to, to take place? My cup runs over. Your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. From woe is me, I'm down, I'm out. Nobody cares for me, I'm a worm. Wow. He had a reset, a reboot somewhere. Do you need a reboot in your life? I guarantee you someone here today does. You're contemplating it, but you're afraid. You know, one of the things... You know, Control-Alt-Delete. Remember that, old, old, us older guys, these younger people know different ways. But you know what Control-Alt-Delete means? What does that mean? Reboot. It just means, hey. You know, if you're my age or older, you know what you do when you touch control or you think about Control-Alt-Delete? You know what you do? You think about it a long time. You want to know Why? I just don't know if this, I can trust this thing or not. I mean, this is like, is it going to blow up? Is it, what's going to happen to this thing? And so we hesitate, we hesitate, we hesitate. I guarantee you six-year-olds don't hesitate in the right back where they need to be. This is what many Christians do with their walk with God. You know Control-Alt-Delete is needed in your life. And you're just waiting. Oh, I don't. Somebody's going to say and somebody's going to do. And I don't know if this is going to. 
Listen to Psalms 22. We've got to back up a little bit. Watch what he says. Yes! You see that one? I see that one in his journal. You know how I see that word, yes? After them, 20 verses of just whoa, 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 whoa. And then you see this yes? You know what I see in his journal? I see a journal that his pencil broke three times because he pushed so hard to say yes! God will answer me and rescue me. You see his confidence? It's returned. He finally hit Control-Alt-Delete. Yes, I've done it. I will praise you to all my brothers. The ones that were casting me out, the ones that were, the ones that were making me feel like I want to tell all my brothers. I will stand up before the congregation and testify of the wonderful things you have done. Let all Israel sing his praise, for he has not despised my cries. Remember, he had despised. Where you at? Day and night, I can't get any rest. Of the deep despair. He has not turned and walked away. When I cried to him, he heard and he came. Yes, I will stand and praise you before all the people. Our children too, verse 30, we move on down. Can give it all to you, read it yourself. But our children too, listen to this, shall serve him, for they shall hear from us about the wonders of the Lord. Generations yet unborn, you and me, shall hear of all the miracles that he did for us. Wow. You want to reset? You want to reboot? Do you need it in your life? Do you need it in your marriage? Do you need it in your family? Do you need it in relationships? In your attitude? In your love for God even? Then do what He has called you to do. Give Him some praise up in this house. Praise Him. Give Him some honor. Give Him some glory. Testify. Praising God allows us a reboot. That's why we praise God. That's why we sing. What's that song? That's why we sing. That's why we praise Him. That's why, whatever it is. But it's we're praising God. It's rebooting. We're saying, yes, our week has been horrible perhaps. Yes, I got that call. Yes, I haven't felt good. Yes, I've gone through surgery. Yes, I've gone through a divorce. Yes, I've gone through this pain. Yes, but yes, God, you hear me. I praise you for your goodness. I praise you. I honor you. For he alone is worthy of our praise People around you know that God's not dead, or at least they need to know that. He's truly alive, the song says. Scripture says He is Emmanuel, God with us, not against us. If God be for me, who can be against me? He is Emmanuel, God with us. El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. You know what more than enough is? It means you can never reach. To the fullness of God because God never runs low never runs out because with God there's always more and a God of more I believe is just crying from the heavens not a cry like we cry but crying out listen to me 
I'm touching your spirit. I want to move within you a power that you've never had before. I want you to reboot your love for me because my love for you has never stopped, nor will it ever stop. God is not ashamed to testify that you are his child. Ever. Then don't be ashamed of the God that has called you his child. You need a reboot in something in your life. This is what this time is for. We sing a song just for you. If you've never given your life to Christ, just give it over. And now you've got this fresh new start. If you've already done that, and perhaps whatever it is, don't worry about whatever it is, just reboot it with God. And if you come, we pray with you. And we're not magical in our prayers at all. But we go to the Father that listens to us through the Son. And we believe that He answers our prayers. And we believe that He resets us so we can start afresh and start anew. Time for a reboot. Anybody? Come together as we stand and sing.